a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. This is a show that I've been planning to do for some time, but I was reminded again to do it by Bart, who apparently listens to this show quite regularly. He asks if I will go into some detail about the reform that happened in ancient Judaism. This is often referred to as the Deuteronomic Reform or the Reform of Josiah. It's a fascinating story. I'm going to lay out the different points of view on this without really coming to a hard and fast conclusion, which I will leave for each of you to do. Here's the story. In 622 BC, during the renovations of the Jerusalem temple, there was a high priest by the name of Hilkiah, and he discovered a scroll, which he describes as the book of the law. He showed it to the king's scribe, a man named Shaphan, who in turn took it to King Josiah. You can read about this in Second Kings, starting in chapter 22, and the story finishes up at the end of chapter 23. This scroll was apparently very old, and because it was found in a sacred place in the temple, and apparently because of its contents and how carefully it was written and preserved, it was recognized as authentic scripture by King Josiah and also by the prophet at the time, a man named Hulda, who thought it was genuine and authoritative. If you want to take a look at the extended accounts of this in- entire episode, take a look at Second Kings, starting in chapter 22 and going all the way through the end. Similarly, you can read the same account in Second Chronicles in chapters 34 and 35. It's believed by most scholars that what was found in the temple was part of the book of Deuteronomy, probably chapters 12 through 26, with some additional refinements made to it. This isn't just a modern scholarly suggestion. There are a lot of early Christian church fathers, including Jerome, who thought that this 
event in Second Kings and in Second Chronicles was a discussion about the book of Deuteronomy. Thomas Hobbes, the famous historian from the 17th century, also had the same thought. So this is not a new idea. So we don't have time to go through the entire story, but the gist of it is that Josiah gets this book of the law, and then he proceeds to read it. It's read out loud, and he's unhappy. Why? Because he makes major changes. He believes that the Jews are not then acting and worshiping the way they were supposed to. And so what he did is often called the Deuteronomic Reform of 622 B.C. Now, this is noticed just before Lehi leaves Jerusalem, not too many years before. And it's not that many years before Jerusalem is destroyed. So that's kind of a lead-in to the two vastly different ideas about what changes King Josiah made and whether they were God's will. And about the meaning soon after Josiah's reforms of what happened to King Josiah, the temple, Jerusalem, and the Jews. Because as you will soon see, what happened was King Josiah was killed in battle. The temple was destroyed. The walls of Jerusalem were knocked down and the Jews were let off into captivity. So the first theory is that Josiah reformed widespread failure of the Jews to properly worship. This idea is that after having the contents of the law read to him, which included details of Moses' covenant with the Lord on behalf of the Jewish people, Josiah understood the reason for the prior misfortunes of the Jews, which was that they had failed to live the law of Moses, as found in Deuteronomy in extended form. So what did Josiah do? What was his reformation? Well, he made huge reformations. He changed the religious activities of the people. He changed their political and economic worship throughout the entire kingdom. All the local altars and places of worship were destroyed. Worship, altars, and sacrifice outside the temple at Jerusalem was strictly forbidden. If this is what was supposed to happen, God's response is a little bit difficult to understand because we read in 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 29, and in 2 Chronicles chapter 35, verses 22 through 24, that Josiah ignores a warning from God and is killed in battle. We also read in 2 Kings chapter 25 and in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 17 to the end, that God also lets, and this is not my interpolation, the Bible also says right there in in these verses, God lets Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon 
and his army burn and destroy the temple in the city of Jerusalem, and the Jews are then led off into captivity. So if Josiah's reforms were what God wanted, why that result? Here's the second theory, which to many is equally unpalatable. A lot of people don't like what happened at the end of of this first alternative. Here's the second theory. Josiah did find the book of the law, and it really was God's law, because after all, we find it in Deuteronomy. But Josiah misinterpreted it, and his reforms were bad. Let's talk a little bit about this alternative. According to the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 23, the way we read it now, what did Josiah do? He removed all manner of idolatrous items from the temple and purified it from Canaanite and heathen practices. The temple vessels that were made for Baal and for Asherah and something that's called the post of heaven were removed and the activities of idolatrous priests were ended and the Asherah was taken from the temple and burned. More about what the Asherah was that was burned in a bit. An old law book had been discovered in the temple, of course, and this is what prompted King Josiah to do all these things. But did he really do what he was supposed to do? Now, notice that in 598, 25 years after the work of Josiah, Nebuchadnezzar lays siege to Babylon. The city was destroyed. If you look at Jeremiah's version of those events, in Jeremiah chapter 44, verses 16 through 19, he insists that Jeremiah had fallen because of the sins of her people. Now, that's according to our current version that we have of Jeremiah, which is no doubt been somewhat reworked, but we also read that the refugees, the Jewish people who had been taken off into captivity, said that the reason these horrible things had happened was because of the bad things that Josiah did. Stay tuned more about the two theories of the Deuteronomic reform or the reform of Josiah. Stay tuned. This is Religion Today. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about this program or a religious issue, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com. Today we're talking about the reforms made by King Josiah and about whether or not they were good reforms or bad reforms. If you're joining us in the middle of the program, we read in 2 Kings and also in 2 Chronicles about how when the temple was being refurbished at the time of the reign of King Josiah, that there was a book that was found. It was the Book of the Law, which is generally believed to be part of 
the book of Deuteronomy. This happened in 622 BC, and as a result of finding that book and reading it, a number of different things happened that King Josiah thought were really good. And Jeremiah, the prophet, at least in the account that we have now, says that Jerusalem fell because of the sins of the people. Other people, other records from the same time period say that it fell because of the bad things that Josiah had done. So what were the people doing that Josiah stopped? The people believed in Yahweh, in Jehovah, and also in a mother in heaven who was sometimes called Asherah. And in their homes and their local places of worship, they had altars to Yahweh or Jehovah and also to the mother in heaven, just as at the temple. Notice that in the temple there was worship of Yahweh and also a mother in heaven at the time. Now keep in mind that the mother in heaven is not mentioned in Josiah's purge in the account, but the item removed from the temple was called the Asherah, and that could be either the name of the original menorah, which was closely related to Yahweh and the mother in heaven, or it could just refer to the mother in heaven, or maybe both. But it can't just be her name because we read that the Asherah was dragged out of the temple and burned, supporting the idea that the Asherah was the original Jewish menorah. We have early Jewish texts which described the Asherah as a stylized tree. The description of how the original menorah was to be made is found in Exodus chapter 25, verses 31 through 40. And there it talks about an almond tree with six branches on either side of a central branch or trunk. So this is clearly a tree. We don't often think of the menorah as a tree. It's kind of a candlestick. But it's a candlestick made out of a tree, according to Exodus 25. In contradiction to Exodus 25, our current reworked versions of Deuteronomy forbids any tree or any pillar to be placed beside an altar of Yahweh. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 16, 21. So in essence, what Exodus 25 requires in our current version of the Bible, our current version of Deuteronomy forbids. They both can't be right. It was those who believed that Josiah had done right who returned from Babylon to rebuild the temple, and their influence can be found in our current versions of Deuteronomy and many other texts that we now read as part of the Old Testament. But they don't tell the whole story. In 1897, there was a text that described a group of covenanters, early Jewish covenanters in the land of Damascus. It was discovered in an old 
synagogue in Cairo, Egypt. Fragments of the same text were later discovered amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls, showing that the text had been known in the time of Jesus and earlier. This is the famous Damascus document, as it's now called, of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it describes the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem as punishment for the unfaithfulness of the people. And Jeremiah would have agreed with that, and so would Josiah. But the other part of this is that the reason, according to the Damascus document, that the people weren't properly obeying the law of God was because of what King Josiah had done. They didn't observe the right kind of worship. The Damascus covenant group believed that they were the guardians of the true way that God was to be worshipped and that their return to glory would be when they and Adam were to be resurrected. This is a clear reference to resurrection aside from the book of Daniel in chapter 6 that we find during the Old Testament era. There's also another book called the Book of Enoch, First Enoch in Scholarly Worlds, and it gives a similar kind of an account. It's preserved within the fifth section of First Enoch, and it talks about the ancient history of Israel. Each period of ancient Israel is described as a week, and so this text is often called the Apocalypse of Weeks, if you ever see it referred to. In the sixth week, the sixth section of early Jewish history, all those who lived in the temple, according to this account, had forsaken the wisdom of God and lost their visions, and then the temple was burned. Those who returned in the seventh week were to rebuild the temple. They were an apostate generation whose deeds were evil. The story goes on. Enoch records, the book of Enoch records that those who built this second temple made polluted offerings, and eventually that impure second temple was destroyed. And finally, in the last days, there would be a new and greater temple in its place, and the words of Scripture that had been altered by the godless would be restored. Think of the eighth article of faith. We believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it is translated or transmitted correctly. One of the passages in Enoch has this fragment of a menorah or a tree of life, as it's called, that would one day again be planted in the temple and its fruit would be righteous. And Enoch also sees the dismembered branches from this original tree, in other words, the destroyed menorah, the original menorah, flourishing in a new blessed place. I'll let you draw whatever connections you would like there. In another vision, Enoch sees another fragrant tree. These are all kind of associated and brought together as a tree of life, like you would read about in the Book of Mormon or in Proverbs 3, 13, and 18. And this is kind of a wordplay in the book of Proverbs on the word, on the name of Asherah. 
indicating that Asherah was probably indicated or thought by Enoch, the book of Enoch, to be wise or wisdom. So the original Asherah was probably a menorah, one described in Exodus chapter 25, verses 31 through 39, which was removed by Josiah and destroyed. And I will leave for you to decide whether or not you think that was a good idea or not, and whether or not it was the people or King Josiah or perhaps both who behaved wickedly, resulting in the destruction uh, and exile of the Jews shortly after Lehi left Jerusalem. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.